Today is the 7th of December and somebody said something. The day that will live in infamy. Listen to this. was 73 years ago. <clears throat> and I remember as a child hearing that that was the war to end all wars. Peace in our time. I remember as a child learning about the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, and all of the bombings that took place in Dublin and in England. I remember the, um, um, I can't think of the name now, it slipped my mind. It's the, Grenada. I remember in the early 90s there was an invasion of Grenada. I remember uh, Desert Storm. I remember Desert Shield. I remember in, in, in uh, just recently the, uh, the, the situation in Afghanistan and even today, we've, we are now back in the Middle East with Iraq. We, literally, I read this week that our government is considering 
giving sanctions against the state of Israel. Of course. No political comment, please. My point is this. In humanity, in the world, in the governments of the world, there will never be peace. It doesn't matter how strong your army is. It doesn't matter how powerful your navy is. It doesn't matter how much money you've got or how many scientists you can educate to bring forward to prepare and present new and better weapons. The bottom line is, peace is not possible through human effort. End of discussion. Peace is not possible through human, dis- human effort. So where does it leave us? Because we read this morning... In, well, first of all, we saw, uh, we, no, we did read a little bit. Luke chapter 2, let's do that one first. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. We read this last week, and the children were, were preparing it um, this morning. That's where my mind was with, it, with this. But Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 says, In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were afraid. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. You will find the child wrapped in the bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace, uh, on earth, peace. Now what does your Bible say if you're following along? That one verse, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace among those with whom God is pleased. Does anybody have anything that counters that? See, I just stopped mid-sentence in mine. Because mine says, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. But see, what do you hear when you're in the shopping center? What do you see on your greeting cards at Christmas time? Peace to all mankind. That's not the promise we were given. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those whom God favors. See, the world tries to say to us, what a fairy tale. Shepherds in the field abiding over their flock by night, and suddenly the angels from heaven come and declare peace. There's no peace. Let's look around you. But the reality is, it wasn't a promise of peace for the earth, it was peace for us, those of us who have submitted our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us on whom his favor rests. I like those words. Then Isaiah chapter 9. And we read that this morning when I first came in here. Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7. And these are the verses 6 and 7. For, un- for a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named 
Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. And he shall establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Starting to get on a little bit shaky ground here. Because, wait a second, the angels proclaim peace to all that God favors. And the prophet says he's going to be called the Prince of Peace. And he's going to have authority and there will be endless peace on the kingdom of David. The nation of Israel, by the way. And he's going to establish and hold that with his justice from this time on and forevermore. I don't know how to talk about that. Because from my perspective, I don't see peace in the nation of Israel. I don't see peace in the kingdom of David. From my perspective. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We are told, the Apostle Paul writing to Christians... The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against such things. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God makes a transformation. If we had time to go into all the theology, we would, but we don't. And so you just need to understand there is a transformation that takes place in your heart and in your mind that makes you Christ-like. And not only are you forgiven of your past sins, but you are made Christ-like. And the goal that you are to do is that you are to continually walk a path with God daily, taking on more and more of the likeness of Christ. The likeness of Christ, Paul delineated for us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If those are, are demonstrated in your life as you walk, then you should be Christ-like. The third one on the list is peace. If I'm a Christian and I've promised peace and I'm trying to live a life for God and God's promises that peace will rest on the men whom God favors, then where's my peace? Because certainly this week I didn't experience it. I had more turmoil. I was in tears yesterday, literally. Tears streaming down my face because of the pain in my heart. Not because of my pain, but because I was ministering to somebody and I was empathizing with them so deeply the pain that they were experiencing. These are young people that love Jesus with all of their heart. And they've got such depth of pain in their souls right now. And I don't understand, God, if there's supposed to be peace on earth or at least peace in the minds and hearts of Christ followers, and Philippians 4 says, if I give you my prayers and I trust you, then you're going to give me the peace that passes understanding to guard my heart and my mind. Where is it? Philip, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Luke 12, 51, just for those of you who are writing notes, but that's almost exactly the same word, so we won't be looking at it 
Um, but Matthew ten thirty four. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And the Luke one says, a sword of division. And it says in those following verses that Christ has come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. He says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. I was listening this morning as I was getting my heart ready. For church, I was listening to a sermon preached by A.W. Tozer back in the 50s or 60s. And his whole sermon topic was on the fact that God presents himself to us as fire. A burning, purging, cleansing fire. And he said in his sermon... And he was talking back in the 50s or 60s. I am so sick and tired of the church and its mamby-pamby ways. God demands of us. He doesn't invite us. He commands us to be his disciples and to follow his will and to do his teaching and to go out and make disciples. It's not a suggestion. It's not an invitation. It is your commander-in-chief saying to members of his army, go and do this in my name. The other thing I was listening to immediately following that, and it's interesting how God orchestrated that because it wasn't part of my notes, but it's coming to my mind now. I listened to an hour-long sermon by Corey Ten Boom, again from the 60s. And she said, it's a shame that people who name Jesus Christ don't take the authority that they're supposed to have and use it to do the battle for God that he calls them to do. He gives the power. He gives the authority. He gives the orders. We're supposed to go do it. And in A.W. Tozer's words, we're mamby-pamby and we just want to have everything good and nice and happy and fluffy. Because that's what we're supposed to get. When, when, when I come to Christ, all of my stuff goes away, right? All of the bad things leave my world. Everything is now good. Everything is peace on earth. Goodwill to all human beings. Because that's what Christ did. He came as the Prince of Peace, right? He's a wonderful counselor. Everlasting Father. Father would never do anything to make me feel uncomfortable. It's peace. That's what, I, that's what I want to live in and walk in. But Jesus himself said, I didn't come to give you peace. I called you out. Even if it means you have to leave your mother and your father, I call you out. If anyone looks back, they are not worthy of me. And you wonder why you don't have peace in your world. How sold out are you for Christ? 
Are you willing to forgo absolutely everything, even your need for peace, to serve him? These are words that, right here, it wasn't me telling you. This is, as I'm studying, I mean, I just did a word search on peace as I was trying to prepare this sermon. And it was like, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. He is our peace. In his flesh, He has made both groups, Gentile and Jewish, into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. Christ came for all of humanity. He calls all of humanity. And so this idea of breaking down every wall, and I didn't have the sermon before I had the songs. The songs came before the sermon. But that song, He is our peace who has broken down every wall. I don't know what you were thinking while you were singing it, but what I had been thinking the whole week before I prepared my sermon was, oh God, you break down every wall in my world that is hard for me, and you're my victor, and you go out and fight my battles. and And that's not what that was talking about. It has broken down every wall of hostility and division between brother against brother and Sister against sister and enemy against enemy. And he is the one who can bring. And then it says cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. But Jesus has said and Paul is saying. This idea of this prince of peace is not one who's going to make it all nice on the earth right now. And it's all going to be good for us. He calls us out to do hard work to fight battles. Even if it means Doing stuff that is not pleasant. Even if it means losing relationship. Even if it means giving up some of your own stuff. But at the same time, his goal is to bring healing, reconciliation to the brokenness of humanity. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And as I studied and meditated on these words, what I heard God whispering to me was the peace that you so long for, the peace that you desire is not the focus that I want to offer to you. It's not that I want to take away from you, Bob, the toilings and the stress and the frustrations and the angst and the rubbing wrong. What I take away from you is the division between you and me. What I take away from you, Bob, is this inability for you to feel intimacy while sitting in my lap. What I take away from you, Bob, is I justify you by faith and therefore you no longer have to fear when you come into my presence. You have peace in my presence. It is right between us. That's what I'm offering to you, Bob. 
Not a cessation of war. Not a cessation of troubles. Not a cessation of problems between you and your family or friends or community. A cessation of trouble between you and me. That's what's being offered through this offer of Christ in the manger. Angels coming and declaring him the Prince of Peace. But see, the enemy tries to keep us focused on everything but. Romans 8, 1 through 6 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin, he condemns sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, hear these words, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And to set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You want peace? You set your mind on the things of God. You walk in God's path. You align yourself with God. And let me step on some toes here. I don't care if you feel good while you're doing it. And I don't care if you're sad because somebody died. And I don't care if your finances is broke. And I don't care if your grandchildren got hurt by somebody. None of that matters, people. Get off of your own pity party. Stop whining, fussing, and complaining because it hurts so bad. When was the last time you went out into the world and helped somebody who was hurting so bad come to know Jesus Christ so they could have some peace? When? When was the last time you spoke truth? All you do is whine, fuss, and complain, and cry because it's so bad. It's done. It is over. The end is very near, people. And if you don't want to play the game, he'll get someone else to do it. And you'll miss out on the blessing. Forgive me for being so crass and so harsh, but this is what God is telling me to tell you. It is time for Christians to stop being fluffy. It is time for us to get out and be warriors for Jesus Christ. And to confront the darkness. It is time for us to speak truth into people's lives. The enemy does a real good job getting us distracted and keeping us distracted. Just like, and I'm not getting political here, just like the American media keeps the public distracted from the things they don't want us to see. The enemy does exactly the same thing. He gets you all roiled up around your own little stuff so you have no clue about the fact that your person right next to you is dying. Romans 14. The 
the kingdom of God (laughs) is not food or drink. It is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. And let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. As I said earlier in the service, the one thing that this place should be is a safe place. A place for you to come and be real. If you're hurting, show it. If you're struggling, let us know so that we can come alongside you and lift you up with prayer, encouragement, finances if necessary, whatever. But the problem, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, the problem is is that we don't ever want to be safe enough with each other to be real. It's, it's easier, not easier necessarily, it's, it is easier. It's easier to keep the mask on to, to let the person know that you're really hurting. Because as long as I keep my mask on, I'm safe. Because I don't want to cry in public. I don't want to let people know that I'm not as good as I, everyone thinks I am. I don't want to let my defenses down. Well, good grief, where else should you be able to do it? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stand up in a public setting like this, but for heaven's sakes, before you walk out of this building, take somebody by the hand and go into a private room and say, pray with me, please. If you are hurting, if you are broken, if you are dealing with stuff that is beyond your control, and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you're not getting anywhere, then get someone else to join you, because guess what? You're in a battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against powers and principalities. It is against demons. It is against authorities. And they are doing everything they can to steal, kill, and destroy. And to keep you distracted from the calling that you have on your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible... So far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. Jesus said, if you come before the altar with your offering and you remember that your brother has something against you, not that you're holding something against your brother, but your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar, go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come back and give the offering. And that's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. Is there someone in your life that you are withholding love, forgiveness, compassion, grace? Because you don't want to go there. They've hurt you too badly. They're not deserving of the peace that God would offer to them. Heaven help you. Heaven help you if that's what you're holding on to. We've already talked about Philippians 4. I'm going to leave that one. 
Renee, would you come up, please? Church board, I have set our board meeting at 1 o'clock because I knew that this was how the service was going to end. And I wanted to give us some time for the Holy Spirit to move and work in our hearts. I've asked my wife to come up and sing a song with me. I do not want you to join us in singing. This is your time to spend time with your Father, to lay at his feet what's going on in your heart. If you're holding on to anger, release it. If you're holding on to hurt, release it. If you're holding on to fear, release it. Do not let the enemy steal the peace that is promised to you. If you have something against someone else, go to them and fix it. If you need help releasing, get someone that you trust. Grab them, take them into a private room, and pray with them. Please, women with women, men with men. Let the Holy Spirit move in your heart however the Holy Spirit sees fit. And I will pronounce a benediction now so that you can leave when you're ready. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you. Go in his peace. When peace like a river attendeth my Glory.
part, but the whole is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul, it is Draw.